Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the Modalidades on BTV. You can now catch the recaps and also Modalidades talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befig uh, Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befig Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Ser Benfica é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão um culto. A coragem, que é liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para as pessoas. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica, eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão, e as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão, é paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica, até à morte. What's going on everybody, welcome to another edition of the Top to the Doll Benfica podcast. Episode number 378 is what we're up to. My name is Alfredo Fumasas, with me tonight, Dave de Oliveira. What's going on, Dave? What's going on, Alfredo? Uh, wish we were here talking about uh, better things, but uh, hey, it's 2020. We've got to expect the uh, unexpected, and uh, it's another therapy session, like uh, we call it uh, on the Benfica podcast, but good to be back on tonight. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could think of a, 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 f a few ways to, to, to put a, a positive spin on this, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just go at it. You know, I don't want to... I don't want this to turn into a, almost a, a deja vu or a repetition of, of what we did last season. Uh, so certainly we'll, we'll try to give this a, a positive feel and, and give the benefit of the doubt to, to some guys. And, you know, it's, it's the beginning of the season. Uh, but certainly uh, a, a big miss for, for Benfica, but we'll get into it. Uh, Cristiano Oliver is not uh, with us tonight. Uh, he is uh, away um, and from what I understand, he has traveled to uh, Paris, France, uh, to see if he could wrap up that Cavani deal. Um, but it's going to be hard to convince Cavani now, especially with no uh, UCL ball to be played anymore, Dave. UCL ball and uh, UCL money. There's, uh, I think, the money. The, the money is is uh, the bigger factor with uh, Cavani and some more players, some some other players that we were linked to. But uh, yeah, that forty million that we were kind of banking on uh, is not going to be uh, cashed uh, for us uh, this season. Yeah, that would have been a rebate on the 80 million we've already spent. Uh, you know, so it would have been 40 million, which is not bad, but still high for, for COVID times. But uh, that that is not uh, my problem to solve. That's going to be Luis Fleet problem to solve. Um, episode 378, uh, we'll look back at the Paok game and we'll look ahead to uh, Benfica's first uh, Liga Nosh uh, game of the season that takes place this Friday against uh, Famalicão 
in Famalicão. So um, the hits just keep on coming. Uh, let's get right into this Paok game. Uh, a one-game uh, uh, elimination, uh, and uh, the, the draws dictated that Benfica traveled to uh, Greece to face uh, Paok. And, and Dave Paok uh, is more or less a team that, in a stature of maybe uh, a Boavist or a Guimarães or a Braga, they've only won the, the Greek league like twice. Uh, looking at the stadium that they play in, really looks like one. They're not a major powerhouse in in uh, in a Greek league, but but certainly a name that people uh, recognize. But uh, this was a team that going into it, Dave, uh, we felt that there were going to be some problems because of the knowledge that Abel uh, had on our team. The knowledge that uh, Abel had on our team, and when you look at the other opponents that we could have drawn against. It was safe to say that Pauk was one of the more um, difficult opponents yeah. to uh, to be drawn against. So we were unlucky with the draw. Unlucky that it is um, at this stage just a, a one-legged uh, affair, and uh, we had to travel to Greece as well. So um, not to make excuse, because uh, like we said last week, if we wanted to, uh, if we had aspirations in Champions League. We have to take care of the Pauks or whatever their uh, Krasnodar. We had to take care of these these teams if we wanted to uh, have any European and ambitions this year. And by all accounts, that's what I guess uh, Luis Felipe is kind of running his election on is is banking on uh, Benfica's European success this year, which I guess technically they still could have, but um, not at in the Champions League at least uh, this season. Yeah. So the the starting eleven wasn't too far from from what people uh, or some of the the media outlets had, had predicted. Had predicted, Vlakodimus was in goal. Almeida right back. Diaz Vertonghen and Grimaldo across the back. I think Grimaldo was a little bit of a surprise because Grimaldo hasn't really uh, played all preseason. He only played uh, the last uh, few minutes against Ren, if I'm not mistaken, which was the last game of the preseason. Uh, then in the midfield, Weigel and, and Tarapt. Uh, Pedrinho on one side, Everton on the other, and Pizzi behind uh, Seferovic. Um, some folks uh, question why Walshmit uh, didn't didn't start or didn't play, but uh, certainly if you if you look at Walshmit and and how much time he has spent with the team so far in the preseason, is probably not enough time uh, for him to be acclimated, for him to be embedded uh, in the system and the dynamics of the team. So I certainly uh, understand that. Um, right back, we continue with the with the same issue, uh, and uh, I mean, I think that everyone was excited the fact that we went and got uh, Gilberto uh, in Brazil. But considering all the 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 the, the fullbacks that we've gotten from Brazil and the results we've had with the fullbacks from Brazil, and then seeing actual Gilberto play, and even if uh, JJ had a closer look to him at him while he was in Brazil, uh, it. It doesn't look like he's a guy that's going to take uh, Almeida out of his spot. And uh, and Dave, having to play the Champions League and playing with Almeida at right back, uh, can 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 you consider us a Champions League team with the player of the caliber of Andre Almeida? And I don't mean to beat on a guy. Uh, there's limitations, but certainly not the guy that you want to be competitive in the Champions League. Def, definitely not. He he's our captain. I say that in in air quotes. But um, 
Definitely not. He's he's okay when we got to play the so-called Moncouche in our in our Portuguese league, but uh, for any European success that this this club strives for, um, he's definitely not the the right back going forward. And I know um, Benfica spent eighty million this this off season, uh, and most of that that money going towards uh, attackers. But I think they really missed the mark in not shoring up uh, a couple more. Uh, defenders uh, to uh, bolster this unit because we could see last season that the the issue was defense and it's much it's easier to go and spend money on a shiny new striker but the the issues that this team had was uh, was defensively uh, trying to be re- more responsible so um, they did bring in Gilberto but uh, I guess JJ still uh, wants to go with uh, Almeida at the right back position for now. Yeah, and, and look, uh, I think that Almeida is only um, is only the captain because he's probably one of the long. Not probably, he's along with Jardel. He's probably the longest tenured player uh, currently on the squad. Uh, does he have leadership uh, qualities? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know the guy personally, uh, but certainly it wouldn't be my choice uh, for for a captain. I'd probably pick Ruben Diaz over him uh, any day. Um, but you know, I, I got to say that I'm 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 a little bit biased uh, towards uh, towards Almeida because I, I'm still of the belief that uh, both him and 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 Pizzi and, uh, and Rafa were uh, some of the guys that were behind the whole large thing. But anyway, that's that's the past. I don't want to dwell on that. But I am a little bit biased towards Almeida and, and Pizzi and even Rafa. Um, I was very surprised with uh, Pedrinho getting the start, uh, Dave. Yeah, me too, especially as we've discussed here in the past that he wasn't necessarily a JJ signing. And um, I, I would have much um, preferred to have seen a Rafa start uh, this this game. But uh, I wasn't too uh, disappointed with uh, what we saw from Pedrinho, uh, especially uh, in the first half. He had that... Uh, that chance from outside the uh, the box there, which uh, we've also discussed. That looks like JJ is emphasizing more shots uh, from outside of the uh, the penalty area. But uh, yeah, it was uh, really shocked to see that uh, Pedrinho gets the uh, the start in this match here. Yeah, he was actually for me it was when I I had a chance to watch the game uh, again uh, a couple hours ago, and he was actually one of the highlights for me in that first half. And I thought that Benfica played well in that first half. Uh, that high press, uh, and I do understand uh, why he chooses Seferovic instead of Vinicius because Seferovic is a guy that works hard, and when you try to press that first line of of uh, construction from another team, you need somebody that's going to uh, chase balls, that's going to play uh, the, the the short plays out of the back. So I do understand him going with Seferovic. Um, but the first half, I thought that Benfica played pretty well, uh, with the exception of um, the, the the chances that were created that were that were missed. I remember uh, a couple Seferovic misses, one on the header that he had a, a free header, and he he really couldn't uh, direct the ball towards goal. Uh, Pizzi on the on the upright, uh, a couple other shots, and, and I thought that Benfica really went into the half deserving uh, to be up on a scoreboard, and and unfortunately we we couldn't um, convert. Um, and then, uh, but I always felt at the end of the half that Pifica would be able to get this result sooner or later, Dave. 
Yeah, that, that first half was definitely what we uh, envisioned a Benfica or a JJ's uh, Benfica team, how it would look like. We definitely had uh, Pauk against up against the, the ropes uh, there. And like you said, my boy could not uh, convert uh, once again. It's very hard uh, trying to find uh, excuses for uh, Seferovic and his uh, lack of um, accuracy right in front of uh, the net. But... Um, yeah, there's really not much to say about uh, Seferovic. I'm uh, at a loss for words uh, with my guy. But yeah, very, very, um, I, like I, I echo the uh, sentiments that you say about um, I had no issues uh, at halftime. I, I thought Benfica was going to get the uh, the result in the second half. But uh, we should be we should be used to this by now. Benfica for the last five years, if they have one good half, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. The uh, the next half, but uh, yeah, really good first half for the boys. And I thought that that Paok had a had a had a decent uh, game plan, right? Because they they knew that Benfica was going to come after the result. After all, uh, you know, you got the off season investment. Uh, you got the 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 world na- world famous players, if you want to call that, in in Everton, Vertonghen. Um, so you you kind of they knew Benfica was going to come. Um, they also knew that Benfica is going to was going to press high, and if they get get past that that high press, um, especially as you go through the game, there was a, um, a very good chance that Benfica wouldn't be able to hold the same intensity with the press. They clogged up the middle uh, in the first half to prevent any interior game from Benfica. Um, and then uh, a lot of the crosses that we had in the first half to our one forward uh, weren't on the mark or were were missed, as we uh, just mentioned. But uh, Benfica finishes the half having 72% of the possession, eight shots uh, against uh, you know, one shot by um, by Paok was so really dominating half, with the exception of just we were just missing uh, the goals. Uh, second half was a different story, uh, not the same intensity. And as the game uh, went on, it seemed that Benfica lost some of that 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 steam on their intensity that they had. Uh, and of course, early on in the season, players conditioning is not yet to 100%. So that was expected. Uh, then there was a couple miscues with the, uh, you know, the first goal was a miscue in a, in a back line. Um, and it allowed Paok to to score. And I, I think at that point, um, Benfica, and JJ mentioned this in the post, uh, post-conference, uh, that the team hasn't been together long enough to have the mental ability to be able to keep calm and still get that result. Uh, and certainly we saw a second half that was completely different, but we also saw uh, the inability by Benfica to be able to respond to that first goal from Paok. It seems that they, they, they felt that game, that goal too much, Dave. Yeah. And I, I guess JJ has some truth to his comments, but if you look at it, this is still pretty much 85% of the same team that was still together uh, last season. So maybe the this team under JJ and JJ's mentality hasn't been um, together because I still think this is a very uh, fragile team mentally. When things don't go their their way, it just tends to, to crumble. So I do uh, echo his sentiments uh, that way, but... Um, it's, I think it's 
they got to start uh, getting some JJ mentality in this team because they, they just crumble when the results don't go their way. Yeah, of course. And, and I mean, look, uh, I think that there's, there's still a, a huge problem in, in midfield that needs to be resolved. Um, I think that JJ uh, perhaps has it right in having Weigel as a six. Uh, but right now, I don't think that there's a player on the squad that fits the profile of an eight, uh, the eight that he envisions. Uh, obviously, he doesn't count on Gabriel. Gabriel never even made it onto uh, to the pitch uh, in Salonica. Um, Pizzi was dropped. Tarapt is not an eight. Tarapt is, is a ten. Um, and for all the, the hate that Tarat gets, uh, he is a guy that, that tries his best to play in that eight role. Uh, he's not natural at, uh, at it. He doesn't have the instincts. And I'm not defending Tarat, of course. Um, everyone knows what uh, the level of skill and, and technical ability that Tarat has. Uh, but sometimes that isn't uh, everything that you need in a player. Sometimes a guy that's more... Uh, limited, that knows the role, that knows the position, that knows where he needs to step on the different areas of the field, where he needs to compensate for guys going up and down or support the attacking line. You got to have that uh, that knack, that uh, aptitude uh, to do that. And I don't think that Trapp is there um, for that. Uh, he's probably the guy that that probably closestly re- resembles uh, the role, but he's not a guy that is there um he didn't have a good a game and uh, you know we we gotta we we praise him when he has uh decent games and and we also should be uh shouldn't be hypocrites he didn't have a, a very good game and i'm not defending that i just think that right now we have uh, a problem uh in the eight spot that we need to uh resolve uh i hope that darwin is able to resolve our problems at, at in forward at the forward line um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's still some problems to resolve. Um, but again, uh, 63rd minutes going down. Oh, one, uh, Darwin came in for Pedrinho, which, uh, I thought it was, a, it was an odd substitution, Dave, because Pedrinho had, has kind of like that, that had that one-on-one spark, that, uh, that unpredictability about him. Uh, and I, thought that by taking him out you kind of lose some of that spark and and it could have been because the guy was tired uh but I just I felt that perhaps that was the wrong substitution yeah it's hard to to say I think uh I would have brought in uh Vinicius uh first for uh, a Seferovic see what uh he could have brought in uh make that substitution uh first but um at that point, I really didn't see Benfica even. Like I said, when when the going gets tougher for this team, they it just they tend to crumble when the when it pressures on them. Yeah, or he could have you know he could have taken out Tarapt, uh, moved uh, moved Pizzi into the middle like he did later on, uh, and had a second added a second uh, guy up front because Pizzi was playing. Uh, behind the forward and also on the right-hand side, he was interchangeable with uh, with Pedrinho. But I thought he could have done that. But, the, you know, it's all uh, hindsight. Um, 0-2 uh, in the 75th minute. Uh, then uh, Rafa comes in for Tarap. Rafa ends up getting uh, uh, the goal. But it was, uh, 
it was a little too late uh, already. You're just uh, gonna you're just gonna go right over Zivkovic uh, scoring that. Uh, well, I, I I think that the the Zivkovic thing is 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 so predictable, uh, so 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 predictable, um, and oftentimes we do we see so many times uh, this type of uh, football karma, if you will, come back to us where a guy that's been dropped by a team. Uh, whenever he pay, plays that team, ends up having a game of his life uh, because there, there's always an, an added motivation there against uh, playing an old team, which apparently didn't think enough of you uh, that they dropped. But we all know what Zivkovic's situation was. Uh, but I, I I do remember seeing uh, before the game a line by one of the, the, the betting houses uh, that, uh, that Zivkovic was going to be a goal scorer. Uh, and I think that the the one person that posted, and I think it was on Twitter, they posted that they had put money, and I forget what the odd was, uh, but certainly I, there was probably a lot of people that put money on Zivkovic to to uh, score a goal just for shits and giggles, and they probably ended up uh, ended up uh, getting it because if you, it, I don't know what the odd was, right? But if you think about it, a guy just, that just started uh, didn't played very little minutes uh, against the the their. The, their opponent, which was the first game of the season, not a starter already, comes in in the, in the second half. Uh, I mean, what are, the, what are the odds? I mean, especially for these uh, these betting houses that uh, I don't know what the odds are, but I'm sure that it, you know, it could have been good odds for him. To yeah, it would, it would have been good good value a good value pick for sure. But just in recent uh, memory here, playmaker uh, in, uh, playmaker stats posted that. Uh, Witzel, Talishka, Renat Sanchez, uh, uh, Luka Jovic, and now Zivkovic are all recent players, uh, recent f- uh, former Benfica players that have scored against Benfica in European competitions. So you've got yeah. that uh, that against yeah. us. There you go. If, I mean, if you did that research, you would have put uh, some 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 decent coin, just like some extra spare coin. Uh, and and sure enough, Zivkovic came through for you, came through for you, right? Uh, so so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to give it more attention than what it needs, but I think that it, it's almost expected, right? Because if you're writing a story about this game, and you're saying Benfica is going to lose this game, not only are they going to lose, but Zivkovic is going to score the winning goal, nobody's going to call you crazy. Anyone could say, you know what? That could probably happen. That that's going to happen because we've already seen that happen before against us. We've already been hurt many times in Europe, so why not write another chapter uh, with that? Yeah, exactly. Um, so there we are. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't have a lot of words uh, for this. Uh, certainly, as Benfica fans, we were expecting Benfica to get past uh, Pauk easily because of the, the, the stature of, of both teams, because of our investment. Um, but this is a huge punch in the, in the gut, Dave. Uh, $40 million out the window, uh, huge investment. And any, any players that you had on your radar that you were counting on that money to bring them, not only on that money to bring them, but also on the fact that, look, we're going to be playing Champions League ball where are you going to be? You know, so that factor of attracting players and make it, uh, uh, make it something that's appealing uh, to play for Benfica now goes out the window. And I can't help but to, to see Vertonghen at the end of the game with his head down and thinking, 
man, this guy was thinking that he was going to be playing in Champions League, and, and here he is now. Uh, but they've huge, huge blow uh, to Benfica and, and probably Luis Lupiero, who who's going all in on this season because of the elections. Yeah, uh, it's just a, it's a huge financial financial blow that this club does uh, does not get. So we finally have a season where we're spending. Uh, they're saying upwards of 80 million uh, euros this uh, past summer, probably with the the mindset that they're gonna get half of that in return for qualifying uh, in champion for Champions League. And now they're down 80, if uh, you 80 million, if you want to call it uh, that. And they were they're pretty much they got to close up shop, if not sell some players now to recoup wow. the uh, the funds that uh, they're missing out on, right? So you can kiss away your Bruno Henrique and Gerson, and I don't think Cavani's coming uh, anytime soon, uh, especially not with being uh, able to play in Champions League. But, uh, yeah, it goes from being uh, in a buyer's market to uh, a seller's market to try to recoup some of those funds. Yeah, that, that $60 million, uh, offer that you had on the table for Vinicius, uh, now where all of a sudden is $20 million. <laughs> well, well, they wanted, they want, yeah, they wanted sixty. They got, they were offered forty-five by some magical uh, Premier League team. But yeah, now who's to say that he does? They just take twenty for him, right, to try to recoup yeah. uh, something. It's really unfortunate. One last thing about the game that I wanted to mention. I wanted to mention this, you know, b- before before we we move on. Uh, when we had one forward, we had plenty of services into the box. When we had two forwards and two tall forwards that could play with the head in both Nunez, Darwin and, and, and Darwin Nunez and Vinicius. We saw one cross uh, go in for those guys. And that was, was that, oh, was that the Rafa uh, goal as well? <laughs> yeah, and the Rafa goal, of course, yeah. which was scored by the, the, the smallest guy on the team. So when the service was there, uh, uh, Rafa scored. But when the forwards were there, there was no service. Uh, and look, we don't necessarily have to go and, and, and win the, uh, you know, the, the line every time and cross it from the line. You could, you could cross it from deep also. Um, but yeah, I just, I just felt that there was a little odd, the fact that there was so much service in the, in the beginning of the game in the first half. And then once we went to the two uh, forward setup, there was no service there for those two guys. So reminiscent of uh, of the of the stuff that we had seen with Laj, the stuff that we had seen with uh, Vitoria. But look, it's early. It's the beginning of the season. Um, I saw uh, I saw something. I saw a tweet by somebody that was a poll. Should JJ ask to for his resignation or whatever, or should JJ resign? Come on, people. Um, I think I think you got to be fair to to JJ. I think. The, even yeah. the most haters of JJ can't blame this whole loss on him. And no. sure, they'll be quick to point out that he's uh, he's used to these uh, these situation where the the team collapses and they they don't pull off the result. But I think you got to you got to give the guy a, a break. He's just barely with the team for a, a month and a, and a half here. You've got to you got to give him a break. Yeah, and, and look, um, I, I, I've already, in terms of this Cavani thing, uh, I've already uh, heard uh, Rui Costa saying uh, perhaps we were too ambitious um, on trying to get Cavani. Uh, but there's people already saying while you were wasting your time back and forth on Cavani, willing to spend uh, tons of money, 
uh, to bring uh, a player like Devon, like Cavani. And I, and I don't think anybody would have objected to Cavani coming in. There's positions on this team that probably should have been addressed before you bought you 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 brought Cavani, right? Uh, and maybe they were they were waiting on making to the Champions League and then going after Cavani as something that's a little bit more appealing now. Uh, but now, first you got to make to the Champions League. So the fact that there's still some deficiencies in terms of uh, the roster spots or in terms of the balance or lack of balance that's this, that this roster has in the shape of a, a number eight and a, a right back, um, perhaps you should have been spending some money on there or should have been focusing on uh, strengthening those positions or shoring up those positions ahead of this power game so this power game could have been uh, more of a certainty than what it was. Uh, so that, there's that, that theory, and there's a lot of people that uh, feel that uh, we should have been focused on, on, on putting ourselves in a position where we could succeed against Paok. Uh, and not being too ambitious and going uh, um, after a Cavani. And it took tons of time back and forth between his brother, between Rukost uh, and whoever was involved in, in the negotiations. Uh, but certainly, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at it as a waste of time and something that could have been done. But look, hindsight is, is 2020, and we're all talking about this after Benfica. Uh, now goes out of uh, Champions League competition. And Dave, I, I, I'm into to look uh, to see how many points we had, we had gotten in, in the past uh, three or four editions of the, the Champions League. And the joke was going to be, well, this, I guess this year we won't be uh, making that many points either. Uh, but I didn't look that up. But that was going to be my, my, my joke. Uh, but anyway, look, I think that um, we need to, to, to remain positive. Uh, we go to the to the to the Europa League, uh, and perhaps the the Europa League uh, is where we need to be, uh, right? And I'm I'm not uh, defending uh, their performance. I'm not defending uh, the loss to to Paok, uh, but certainly if you look at it from the aspect of uh, brand new coach, uh, a lot of new players, a uh, whole new mentality, perhaps you need to to start cutting your teeth on the Europa League first. So that next year you could have a team uh, that's already pretty familiar, uh, not only with each other, but also with the coach's ideas. And that could be a lot stronger in a Champions League. Uh, so you could look at it that way. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not excusing the loss to Pauk. We should have never lost that game. Uh, but certainly this is a way you could, you could look at it. So I'll, I'll give my, uh, my positive spin. The negative spin, you already know. 40 million down the drain. Um, you also uh, got the elections at the door. Um, you're not going to have any any money from uh, from fans in the stands because you're not selling red passes. Uh, fans are not going to to the to the games. Uh, you're trying to get a little bit of a, of um, of a revenue boost by introducing a third shirt, which apparently uh, more. Uh, monochromatic uh, emblems, uh, this time in, in a golden and black tone. Uh, so you're doing whatever, but uh, you know when you don't capture this revenue and you got COVID at your door and you don't know when you're going to have people in, in the stadiums, and even if it was two, three months down the road, you're never going to have the 60,000 that the Lush can hold. 
uh, but certainly you put your, yourself in in a position uh, that's not too favorable. Uh, but look, it is what it is. Uh, we will now. Uh, well, Dave, I'll, I'll let you give some numbers on uh, on this uh, Paok because I know you did your research. Yeah, so uh, eight straight, eighteen straight away games uh, in European competition now, where Benfica has uh, conceded a, a goal. And uh, to further piggyback on your statement about uh, Benfica dropping down to uh, the Europa League, this is going to be the first time uh, Benfica has not qualified for uh, Champions League group stages since uh, 2009-2010. And that also uh, was JJ's first season uh, with the club. So maybe maybe there is some truth to that where we got to go down to the Europa League uh, get our uh, get our fix in that way because look at uh we've had success uh in that uh competition uh two finals and a semi-finals uh appearance so maybe we got to build our european success uh back up through the europa league and then we can uh see how that uh how that goes um from the uh going into the champions league but uh, yeah, first time since 2009-2010 that we're not in the group stages. And I believe the only other teams during that time span that had qualified for uh, the group stages were Bayern Munich, Barcelona, and Real Madrid uh, as well. So uh, we will not be in the group stages this year. And that was also uh, Abel's first victory against Benfica. Uh, one win, one draw, four losses uh, with his uh, previous uh, experience against Benfica. Yeah. That's right. So now we, uh, we have another challenge. Uh, first game of the season, and as it turns out, we got to travel up to, uh, to uh, Famalicão. Um, and, and Dave, I know that you did research on JJ's uh, op- season opening uh, record. Uh, what's his uh, season opening record? And, and what did Famalicão did, do last year? Yeah, so JJ's, uh, or Benfica under JJ, to open up the season, uh, it was uh, one win, three draws, two losses. Because I remember for the longest time, Benfica always had had uh, troubles uh, getting the win on the opening uh, game of the season. So he doesn't have a, a, a good record to open up the season. And hopefully he got the loss out of his way and we left it in, uh, in Greece there. But one win, three draws, and uh, two losses in the previous six seasons that... Uh, JJ's been our manager, but uh, other than that, uh, Famili Cows, uh, our, our history against them, 14 wins, three draws, uh, one loss. Last season, we played them uh, four times where we uh, won the first two games of uh, that we saw them and then drew the last two games, uh, all coming away from the uh, Estadio de Luz. So difficult uh, pitch and team to play against, but um We've we've seen also a lot of high turnover in this uh, Famalicão uh, team. A lot of their starting players that uh, were key to them uh, last season have uh, either been returned to uh, their parent clubs or have uh, been sold. But there's a high turnover uh, in this team. You don't won't see uh, Rachić, uh, Diogo Gonzalez has been returned to us. Uh, uh, who else there? Fabio Martins uh, has also been returned back to uh to Braga Pedro Gonçalves uh, which went to Sporting yeah uh Racic uh there uh, that player there went back to uh Valencia so a lot of key uh players there that uh, they depended on uh, last season have uh either been uh, sold or returned back to their parent uh club 
So uh, we'll see how uh, how they do this year because they've got a lot of uh, affiliation there with um, George Mendes. So he, as, uh, as much as he can bring in players, they're also uh, leaving it as well. And their striker, Tony Martinez, is also uh, linked to uh, Porto as well. Yeah, but apparently you will be playing this Friday against Benfica. I don't know if that's by uh, design or not, but everything was uh, set in terms of him uh, signing for, for Porto was almost official, uh, and then he gets uh, introduced with the rest of the team uh, at Famalicão. Uh, but their their coach says it's only a matter of time until they, uh, they lose him. Um, the game takes place uh, this Friday at 7 p.m., uh, it's the inaugural game of the 2020-2021 uh, Nord season. Uh, Famalicão was really the, the, the Cinderella team of, of last year. They finished sixth just outside of uh, European competition. I know that that was uh, one of the goals. But as you mentioned, uh, their affiliations, and, and I was looking, uh, yes, they, they did have a lot, quite a, a bit of turnover, but I was looking at, at some of the players that they brought in uh, more from Barca B, Bruno Jordão from Wolves, uh, Perovic from uh, Danilo Grad in Serbia, uh, Joaquin Pereira from from Argentina, Verdonk from Feyenoord, uh, Babic from Red Star, Trevisan from, from Brazil, Roberts uh, from Grêmio, Valenzuela from Argentina, uh, and they also signed the uh, Benfica product in Saldanha. So it, there's a lot of players coming in. Uh, we all knew, we all know what Fomalicão did last season with virtually unknown players, um, but decent players with, with pedigree, players that were uh, borrowed from from here and there. As you mentioned, they were returned to their parents' clubs. But now we we, we kind of see again a, a, an influx of a lot of young players that were with some good teams. Um, playing some some competitive ball, um, the biggest thing would 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 mean in looking at at this team, their average age is only twenty two point six, so that's an extremely young team. Their oldest player is twenty five years old, is and it's been uh, Lamedish who was uh, who was twenty five years old. That's that's one of their their key players. Uh, Google is another one that stayed. Uh, Riccieli is a, is another one that stayed, but um, the biggest thing with young teams is that uh, young teams because they don't have that veteran presence in a locker room or on a training pitch, uh, they will tend to um, burn out throughout the season uh, because uh, a team that this that's this young because they haven't been around for such a long time. Uh, there's there's certain phases of the season where you have to have mental toughness, where you have to have uh, – you need to push yourself to keep going to put out that consistency. And I think that we saw some of that from Fumalikan where they had a, an extremely good uh, first round. And then second round, they had a dip there where they lost, lost a bunch of points there consecutively, and then they finished strong. Uh, but, but nonetheless, um, a young team – that I, I gotta be honest. That along with uh, with Braga and Boa Vista and also Guimarães, this Famalicão team, I'm pretty excited to uh, to see them just because of the level of players that they've brought in. Uh, but then, Dave, you could also make the case that when you bring in a lot of players, there's there's still a lot of chemistry that needs to be built. 
yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not they can catch lightning in a bottle and, and, uh, and see if they can pull it off for the, the second year in a row. Because like you said, it's going to, it's going to be very difficult to um, bring in a whole, pretty much a, a whole new squad here, um, a very young squad as well. And it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to gel and mesh uh, in time uh, to uh, start the season. We also forgot that they've also got Slobin uh, in that as well. I don't think he's able to play against us. No, he's uh, going to play. Is he? He's. Uh, we sold him. We outright sold oh. him. Yeah, we outright sold him. He signed for uh, four seasons, and he will be the starting goalie come Friday. So... Uh, Place your bets on a clean sheet. There you go. You heard it here first on the Benfica podcast. That's right. I mean, it, it has all the makings, right, for him to uh, to have one of those uh, matches where he could uh, be making saves with, uh, with his left butt cheek and not even know what hit him. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, you know, uh, Benfica kind of, um, kind of sets themselves up for these types of things. And, and look, there, there's a rule this year. Um, that the, the league forbids um, one team from loaning more than three players domestically. So the way Benfica is getting around that is they're selling players to clubs and they keep an, a portion um, of their pass uh, for a future for a future sale or if they want to recall them back or whatever. Uh, but that's the way that Benfica has found to um, – outright sell players so when you outright sell players these players will be able to play um against their their parent team which is now their former their former club so i'm 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 excited for the game because it's the start of the season it's and it's uh i want Bifiga to be able to uh to answer to that loss in salonica um but but certainly uh, i'm not too excited about uh, the fact that zloban is going to be in goal despite of me not uh rating him too high in terms of a good goalie when he was at Befica, but uh, this has all the makings, Dave. Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm checking the uh, betting line right now as we're uh, on it and getting some good value on uh, Famalicao. On, uh, you're getting a seven, uh, pay out on a seven to one on, on uh, Famalicao. So you come to the Benfica podcast to get your betting lines uh, this week. Right. You could either go with it or you could go against it. Most of the time when you go against it is when you, when you thrive. <laughs> That's correct. But anyway, um, so just, just looking forward to the league getting, uh, getting back on. Um, I know that there's been some, some cases. I think that Sporting has like seven cases, Ruben Amorim included. Um, the team that they're playing against, which I believe is, uh, I want to say, Shots, Jean, Jean, Jean Vicente. Jean, also has some cases. So there's a, a question on whether or not uh, uh, whether or not that that game is going to be played. Uh, the DGS, which is the uh, the, the health uh, authority in in Portugal, uh, says that the game uh, is being looked at uh, on whether or not it could be played. Um, but certainly, that's that's a lot of players uh, to be out, and and one of them is uh, is um, the the player that they got from uh, Riwav, uh, which was a Mexico product, right? Or what's his name? Nunu, Nunu Costa, I think. Nunu. Sporting got him. Yeah, Sporting got him. There was a, there was a race between them and Porto to get him, um, and Sporting uh, Sporting got him. Nuno Santos? Nuno Santos, that's it. Costa Santos, all the same. Yeah. 
thing. Now it's not. But uh, yeah, so he was the he was one player that um, that was infected. There was a couple goalies also that were infected. So right now their third goalie is the only goalie that they have available. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the league um, addresses these cases. Um, and certainly before uh, we got back to to finishing the the league last year, and and if you listen to our podcast and and I mentioned the the precautions and the regulations that they need to to meet in terms of uh, you got to isolate yourselves, don't don't go out of the house, um, you know your family, stay with your family, just travel to the the club's facilities and back home. I mean, I know that people went on vacation, but but what happened, man? What happened to all those rules and and regulations that now people are just turning out positive left and right? Uh, and thankfully, I mean, they're athletes, or so they're they're well conditioned that they could get past this. But nonetheless, uh, it's still something that you need to keep an eye on. Um, of course, uh, Benfica is not uh, is not without exception. Uh, Svilar is uh, tested positive for COVID, even though he's asymptomatic. So um, that's it. That's all we got. Dave, got anything else? Shanna wasn't here today, so we're going to make this short and fast. Short, yeah. Like he always says, he's never going to say anything, but uh, this week he actually didn't uh, say one word. So That's right. Miss you, Chris. That's right. I'm sure he'll wrap up that uh, Cavani uh, bio or something like that. Uh, He's going to get a commission off that then, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's um that's all we'll, that's all we got for this week. Next week we'll be back. We'll uh we'll break down this uh this family count game and we'll look ahead to uh I think we play uh Mureres at Stade Luz, if I'm not mistaken, second game of the season. Um I think that's right. Um That's correct. So yeah, we'll look ahead to that and uh and that's it. Thank you very much for checking us out. Talk to you again next week.